And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. We're, of course, here's Shirley Charles Parents Richie, as we are going live uh, right now here on uh, tonight's edition right here. Getting ready to go across the league on the opening drive and plus. It's a new era for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They officially got their man. It is none other than a longtime tenured uh, Steeler uh, front office employee, Omar Khan. He now goes up from director of business administra- administration to now the new GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, replacing Omar Khan, I mean, uh, Kevin Colbert, after 22 seasons as GM. Uh, winning two out of three Super Bowls right now. And uh, it's been a long time coming for him, to say the least. As many of you know, he's been interviewing for jobs before in the past. Uh, I believe, like, with the Jets, the Texans, even the Bears, the Bills, and most recent memory, uh, never got hired yet. But here it is, man. His time has finally arrived, and he is now the new guy in charge here for the Pittsburgh Steelers as we are uh, getting ready to open up shop for the 2022 season. And once again, we pay salute to Kevin Colbert. Once again, everybody, you guys can follow me on social media. You can definitely follow me on Twitter, at CGR for the Mass Steel Podcast, and on Instagram, at Nation. We got a lot of uh, interesting uh, hot-button topics to get into. Uh, we're going to get to Omar Khan a little bit later on in the show, but let's go ahead and go right into it, Uh surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers as well as their ASC North uh, foes right now as uh, we look at it. And let's let's uh, find out what happens here. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, for example, very interesting team, by the way, right now, is they got uh, Deshaun uh, Watson on their team and uh, who has uh, definitely been some, lately with some uh, controversy, to say the least, I mean, no doubt with his uh, 22 accusations uh, with the woman, women in the spa uh, that occurred about two years ago, which the accusations came out about last year in March. Uh, so far, uh, for the time being, for right now, Deshaun uh, Watson, he was not indicted on criminal charges back on March 11th by a grand jury, but he's still facing 22 civil lawsuits, many women of whom are alleging sexual misconduct and assault. Uh, so far, Deshaun Watson, as everybody knows, he has denied any wrongdoing. The NFL is currently uh, investigating this uh, further, whether or not that did Deshaun Watson violate his code of conduct policy. And he was interviewed uh, last week reporting the ESPN, uh, by the way. And Roger Goodell, who uh, spoke at the owners' meetings in Atlanta, uh, he did indicate that they're nearing the end of their investigation, but couldn't give a timeline for when a ruling might be made. Uh, here's Roger Goodell's uh, quote. I can't give you a timeline, uh, as he told reporters, especially via 
Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. We're nearing the end of the investigative period, and then it will be handled by our disciplinary uh, officer. Now, remember, Deshaun Watson, uh, by the way, as uh, we look at, he did sign a uh, record-breaking uh, contract, to say the least, uh, this year uh, going into it. As we uh, look at, I mean, Deshaun Watson, who was uh, traded for uh, from the East of Texas, Browns set uh, multiple first-round picks, has a five-year, $230 million uh, contract with the Browns after, after trade for him. The contract is fully guaranteed, includes a $44.965 million sign balls, and includes a no-trade clause uh, through the entire contract. The exact sellers come via report from Pro Football Talk. Uh, he is basically signed for the 2026 uh, season right now as uh, we look at it. And, boy, I got to tell you, though, definitely been some little controversy, especially by the women, uh, too, have been uh, looking at it. But, I mean, when you look at, like, a total, like, uh, guaranteed, I mean, right now, I mean, for, for the most part, I mean, he is definitely a very well uh, wealthy uh, man, to say the least, uh, for, I mean, for, for, for the Browns, I mean, going to this year as we look at it. I mean, he's definitely a guy right here uh, who we're not so sure if he's going to be facing the Steelers like early on in the season or at one point can we expect him to lock up. Uh, remember, those Steelers do play the Browns for the last game of the season for week 18. That time is still to be determined. Steelers, remember, they're scheduled. The first time they do play the Cleveland Browns will be in week four uh, in Cleveland which would be a Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. Only question right now is Baker Mayfield, will he still be quarterbacking by that time, uh, still be looming around? But the Cleveland Browns, like I said, is going to be at Heinz Field, 18th game. Not sure when the time will be uh, set. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, you got some real uh, interesting uh, stuff going on right here. And, like I said, I mean, he is the highest uh, – Paid as far as terms of guaranteed uh, money, especially amongst all quarterbacks and all position. The next one that comes close to him is Aaron Rodgers, who's got $101.415 million. Josh Allen, $100 million total guarantee. Uh, Dak Prescott at $95 million. And last but not least, in the, in the top five, uh, Matt Ryan of the newly Indianapolis uh, Colts, uh, he has got $94.5 million right there. Uh, the Browns definitely did pay a Kings uh, ransom for him as we look at it. And like I said, it, it's uh, definitely going to be a real interesting uh, time for right now. But like I said, I, I think you definitely got to be uh, uh, concerned right now what kind of standard the NFL is uh, setting here for right now. And until they find out more of the facts, and two of the women who – who identify themselves. Uh, the names were Ashley Solis, Solis and Kyla Hayes. Solis, please forgive me if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, but uh, Ashley was the first woman to identify herself. She claimed that during a massage appointment at her home, Watson exposed himself and touched her hard with his erect uh, private area before she ended the session and asked him to leave. At a press conference, uh, Solis said that she suffers from panic attacks, anxiety, and depression resulting from the sexual assault. 
you stated, people say that I'm doing this just for money. That is false. I come forward so that Deshaun Watson does not assault another woman, end quote, as uh, we look at uh, for right now. But like I said, uh, forgive me, uh, everybody. I, I just wanted to say for uh, we're going to be getting to Steelers talking just a little bit. We're going to be doing that towards the end. I just wanted to kick off around the league. Uh, this definitely does relate to the Steelers right now. The biggest question is uh, who's going to be uh, they're going to be facing at quarterback when they go face the Browns at uh, First Energy Stadium. I mean, for their third game of the season. Remember, it would be on the road, I mean, for like uh, two out of the first three games in the month of September, they're only going to be having one home game that month. Uh, they're going to be on the road against Cincinnati to open things up in, in Paul Brown Stadium. The next one is going to be a home match against the New England Patriots. That's going to be definitely a highly competitive type matchup, I would expect especially with Bill Belichick, and then on Cleveland, Amazon Prime. I tell you what, this is going to be a winnable game for the Steelers. I did predict that you'll probably see the Steelers start off 0-3, but that's going to have a lot to do with, you know, the quarterback rotation guy right here. And remember, I mean, Mason Rudolph, I mean, is coming into this uh, camp right now, the OTAs right now, still feel like he's done enough and has prepared himself to do enough to still be a starter. Mitch Trubisky doesn't seem to have no issue. Uh, I mean, if he's going to be the starting guy or not, or if he loses that competition, I mean, he pretty much is uh, taking like a true trooper right now, being ready. I mean, he's, he's not surprised, though, to come to expect with the territory where he was told or not that they're going to be drafting a quarterback. But he seems to be gamed and ready to go and win this job, along with uh, Kenny Pickett right now, who's going to be in the mix. I don't expect Kenny Pickett to be starting off the season, but maybe at some point during the season, maybe he sits a whole year, uh, learns uh, from watching where it's either uh, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky. I'm not sure if it's going to be Mason Rudolph or not, but we'll see. But, I mean, it is kind of odd when you got that fourth quarterback in the mix and Chris Oladokun. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean, one of them – I mean, are they going to go to the practice squad? I mean, I think Oladokun would have to go to the practice squad at that point if you're going to keep Rudolph. The only thing is, can the Steelers still get like some sort of uh, late round draft value for a guy like Mason Rudolph? Maybe like a six or a late seventh round pick. Get something for him. If they do decide to part ways with him, uh, where do they do that? I mean, during the preseason or at the end when they make their cuts, I mean, do you, do you just uh, cut them and like not get anything back for him? So just a reminder real quickly, the OTAs, uh, before we go any further to uh, any league news right now, uh, remember, a rookie minicamp just happened on May 13th through the uh, 15th. That was last week. And now this week, you had the OTA offseason workouts, uh, which pretty much are uh, voluntary right now. Uh, you got May 24th for the 26th. And the 31st uh, through June uh, 2nd coming up right now. I, and uh, here, here we go uh, for the most part, like what I could say. So, I mean, uh, that began uh, this past uh, Tuesday, and uh, here we are right now. So, this coming Tuesday, May 31st or June 2nd, will be the end of the off-season workouts. Mandatory minicap begins on June 7th uh, through the 9th. 
Well, like I said, getting back to Deshaun uh, Watson right now, uh, actually goes on to continue to say, he just said, I know you have a career to protect, and I know you don't want anyone messing with it, just like I don't want anyone messing with me. To me, that's when I get rid. That's when I got really scared. Kyla Hayes, who's the second woman who stepped forward in, in this uh, accusation, who accused Watts of inappropriate sexual mis- sexual conduct, out of the contract sick. I feel like he's being rewarded for bad behavior. She told uh, HBO. Uh, and Nike and Beats by Dre uh, last year on April seventh. Uh, they suspended endorsement deals with Watson, and Watson's attorney did eventually come forward and say that some of Watson's messages led to sexual activity, but it was consensual. Now, I mean, Deshaun Watson is is still maintaining his innocence, saying they denied any wrongdoing. But again, you got like a situation right here where he should have been tight-lipped on that. I mean, listen, I mean, just saying by it was consensual right there, now things start to get a little bit murky in this point. So uh, what do you think, Steeler Nation, right now? As we are uh, starting live here on this uh, show right now, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, we'll see Deshaun Watson at all this year? Uh, do you think we'll see him in the last game of the season? Yeah, you know what? I would not be surprised if they don't see him to the following year. I think Deshaun Watson, there's still possibly a chance he could play. But when you got what's coming out right now, until the smoke starts to settle here, we'll find out, I mean, what is actual uh, factual, the concrete evidence here. I mean, for, for the most part, I mean, the biggest uh, victory for Watson at this point, and no disrespect to uh, any women out there or anyone who's watching this podcast, but I mean, for his sake, he did not have, to, he did not get, indicted on any, he did not get uh, any criminal charges on here. He was not indicted on criminal charges on March 11th. So uh, unfortunately for right now, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, anyway, I want your takes on this right now. I want to hear what you guys say. Uh, Feel free to let me know. Do you uh, guys feel like we will be seeing Deshaun Watson playing this year? Or do you think... uh, it's going to be in the next year. Did the Browns make a foolish move? Uh, listen, until we uh, find out at the end of the day what's going on, uh, they rolled a dice, made a huge gamble. I still think, you know what, Deshaun Watson is still hard to turn down. Unfortunately, the image right there that's going to probably tarnish his character a little bit going forward, it's definitely going to be hard to like uh, look down, to say the least as we uh, look at. But anyway, let's uh, continue to move along here. Also, too, uh, Colin Kaepernick completes workout with the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Am Schechter is reporting, uh, a source says. Colin Kaepernick, who last played professional football back in 2016, the year he began the kneeling for the National Anthem protest racial injustice, he worked out yesterday uh, for the Raiders, a uh, league source told ESPN. This was his first workout with a team since being exiled. It was the first time the former star quarterback visited with the team since he flew to Seattle to meet with the Seahawks in May 2017 before they passed on the opportunity to sign him. Kaepernick played at the University of Nevada in Reno, the only school to offer him a scholarship. Uh, and currently, the pro team in Nevada is the only one in the NFL 
that has given the civil rights activists another opportunity. Mark Davis is falling on the spirit of his late father, Al Davis, uh, as ESPN goes on to say. They gave him many more opportunities, such as hiring the NFL's first black head coach, Art Schell, and his first woman chief executive, Amy Trask, in the modern era. The Elder Davis, who was the first team owner to draft a black quarterback, Eldridge Dickey, in the first round, and the second team owner to hire this black head coach, who's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, Tom Flores, right there. I mean, you look at the Raiders right here, this would make sense. The only thing is right now, I mean, his his attitude right now, remember, when we first heard uh, Colin Kaepernick in the last uh, few months, remember the key things that he was uh, saying at, at that point in time uh, when he was, like, uh, wanting to go back, work out for teams. He has no problem, like, trying out, uh, trying to serve, to make it out of the roster, serve as a backup. But he also did say a few months ago, too, that if he feels like he's done enough to impress everybody and prove himself uh, ready as a starter, he feels like he should be uh, deemed uh, a starter. But now it seems like right now he's still having that same element, the sentiment. The only thing is right now, he just seems like he's comfortable with uh, being a backup at this uh, position. Well, that's the thing that's going to be uh, big in question right here. I mean, Kaepernick, who's been out of the league for, like I said, I mean, for over six years now going on, when you uh, take a look at everything, my only concern is right now, I mean, Colin Kaepernick, I, he was definitely done wrong. But at the same time, too, you also got to look at this right Pittsburgh now. My, my only thing where I get a little weary with Kaepernick, you did win your lawsuit a few years ago uh, for being blackballed. But then also, too, I mean, back in 2019, right before the pandemic happened, this is, I think it was in November, it was like right around the same time period after the Steelers-Browns uh, Thursday night game, it was on a Saturday, they were supposed to be having a scheduled uh, workout with scouts and executives, supposed to be attending, and at the last moment, he decides to change locations. He switched up his workout there. He even had the former Browns uh, head coach, uh, Hugh Jackson, of tennis, getting ready to work with Kaepernick that day. Uh, my thing Nick, I, I, I'm just like, I'm only thinking to myself here, it's like you had a golden opportunity to really take yourself seriously to come back. But because, you know, like uh, going for some stipulations you're hesitant about that could be taken away from you, uh, I just I just feel like right there, that just showed a lack of seriousness right there by switching up the last moment. Was that a way in Kaepernick's mind, the humble, to get back, get even with the NFL, his little F-off moment back to them? That's what it seems like to me. But, I mean, this time around, listen, I mean, when you look at a guy, I mean, like uh, Colin Kaepernick, I mean, who uh, – Came into the league right now. I mean, back in uh, 2011, who became the starter during the 2012 season right now. He's going to be turning 35 in November right now. And it's basically kind of like running out for him. I mean, at this point in time. And a lot of people would argue, I mean, he's got just as much as like a skill set like coming off the bench. But then you also look at a guy like Doug Flutie too. Remember, Doug Flutie almost... 
I mean, similar to Ken, not really. I mean, he played in his first four seasons, I mean, in the NFL, before he went over to the Canadian uh, Football League for about eight seasons, uh, beginning in 1990. And when he came back, he eventually was a starting quarterback for the Buffalo uh, Bills right there and uh, did some uh, miraculous things right there. So, I mean, it's still possible. I mean, he could possibly come back and, like, uh, make this work. I mean, time is running out, I mean, for him. I mean, he has to, like, wise up a little bit. And uh, good luck to him the rest of the way. We'll find out. But uh, Kaepernick right now, uh, he's going to have an uphill battle going up against Derek Carr, starting quarterback for the Raiders. So how would the Raiders be able to utilize him? I mean, you also got a guy like uh, Derek Carr right now. Let's uh, take a look at his situation as he just led his teams uh, to the playoffs. The Vegas Raiders lost in the first round uh, to the Bengals in Cincinnati. He signed for another three more years uh, for the 2025 uh, season. Uh, he signed a three-year extension with the Raiders uh, with a $65.2 million being guaranteed of which $24.9 million is guaranteed at signing. And if he's not on the roster on the third day of the waiver period in 2023, his 2023 base salary, $7.5 million of those 2024 base salary will be guaranteed. The extension created uh, $500,000 in cash space for the Raiders this coming season. But that, that's the thing we got to pay attention to right here. I mean, we'll, I mean, he's already been signed. I mean, is this going to be another stop right now where you know, he could, like, uh, he will be a backup, contribute in a different role? I mean, can they utilize him in special plays? Or will he really make this an effort to win the starting job? I don't know. But anyway, let's go on to our uh, next topic right here, too. Another uh, topic that's been getting a lot of steam as of late especially uh, for the period of the last two years right now. Daniel Snyder right now. Dan Snyder, uh, remember, I mean, this guy has been uh, investigated uh, by some people right now as far as, like, workplace uh, misconduct. And then, of course, like, uh, you know, which includes sexual harassment of uh, women. That now probably some uh, financial improprieties right now. As uh, we look at it. And when we uh, look at it with uh, Dale Snyder, it was reported earlier in the week back on uh, Saturday that uh, some owners are already getting themselves ready for votes to be gathered. If they were to force Daniel Snyder out of the NFL, uh, forced by the league of the Washington Commanders, it would need 24 votes uh, to get rid of them. One executive said that they'd have to know a lot more than what they know now in response to the USA Today story that was written by Jared Bell on Saturday, May 23rd at 4.38 p.m. Eastern. The real issue is getting in the votes, uh, getting the votes involves precedent and the bar the other owners uh, want to set for taking our owners team away. And the one thing I'd say we can all count on is that the bar will be set very high or low depending on your perspective for that. Stay tuned for the white report as contests probably dictate where this goes uh, next. Because Capitol Hill members got involved 
and basically uh, accusing him of like holding back money from visiting teams that played in Washington. And if that does prove it to be true right there, that is a huge uh, strike and indictment against uh, Daniel Snyder right there. Withholding money from your own uh, colleagues, your own partners right there. You do not want to be getting involved in that in that boat right there. And I, I think that will just be very dangerous, very bad look, uh, to say the least. And uh, right now, because, listen, I, I think, I mean, when you look at, I mean, the first uh, significant thing, what they did, they finally changed the original Washington Redskins uh, name and changed it to the Washington football team back in, uh, on the 4th of July weekend. Remember, that was one of the first steps they did. Then they had the investigation uh, by uh, Mary uh, Jo uh, White, who also uh, did some investigating uh, on this uh, story right now. I mean, uh, for the for the most part. I mean, I mean, she was uh, hired uh, back on uh, February 18th of this year to invest the allegation that Daniel uh, Snyder of appropriate uh, workplace misconduct. Right here, too. I mean, you gotta imagine. I mean, if Daniel Snyder is officially removed, how many more? I mean, like, what kind of like uh, expectations you saying next for other owners? Is there more stuff that's going on right here, too? You also got John Groom right now, too, who's actually, I mean, uh, having the judge right now basically denying the NFL to take to their own uh, ruling. Their own internal like uh, ruling on the John Gruen, the leaked emails that forced him out of the league, no longer coaching the no longer in football, with all the racist uh, com comments he made while working as an employee at ESPN in 2011. I mean, that's one thing to pay attention on this, too, because remember, I mean, John Gruen definitely uh, feels wrong. No matter what you like about the guy, I mean, his claim is right now that they interfered on his business with the Raiders right now. And, you know, whether you like, or, whether you like the guy or not, I still feel like Gruen has a, uh, a leg to stand on as far as, like, being wronged in that regard. I mean, technically. I mean, just basically just, like, leaking out private emails, just be uh, distracting everything. So let's uh, find out that. But uh, anyway, the Pro Bowl right now, let's get into that. Roger Patel has said that in regards to the Pro Bowl, the game doesn't work. Uh, we need to find another way to celebrate the players. He did acknowledge the league is unhappy with the facsimile of football being played, that they want to celebrate the players another way somehow. Also, the league meetings at Atlanta, Roger Patel said he isn't aware of I mean, like, uh, right now for the Pro Bowl. I mean, that's been an interesting uh, topic going on, too, right now for quite some time. And it's been happening for a lot of years now. And, I mean, one of the things, too, I mean, it's like how they've been kind of, like, going away from Hawaii 
we've already been having it. And now they've been having it like internally in the U.S. I mean, he just recently had it in uh, Vegas, I believe. But still, I think, you know, the biggest thing, too, when you look at a game like the NFL, I mean, how violent the game has become. But it's not like that. I mean, it's just not doing enough for the bottom line. It's not getting enough uh, ratings, basically. And I- I'll be honest with you, listen, I, I think that's just I- – I really liked – I don't buy anyone else, but I expressed this online – on social media, especially on a Facebook post. I do feel like right now the sickening thing about the NFL, I wish they would have never messed with the Pro Bowl to, to begin with back when they last had when the Steelers won the Super Bowl back in 2009. Super Bowl 43, that was the last time they had the Pro Bowl a week after the Super Bowl was being played. I mean, for that, I mean, that right there, too, I mean, when you took a look at it, I just uh, did not like the fact that when we uh, look at it, that you know, it's 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 just like, why do we have a baseball, NBA, NHL? I mean, are they going to do like more like a skills competition? And I think the NHL kind of does it a little bit right, where they have, like, their little three-on-three uh, tournaments. I think that would be fine for the NFL. I mean, you could do something, like, similar to what the NHL does. You know, you don't have to necessarily have a full, like, required offensive, defensive uh, players lined up. But you probably definitely do, like, maybe, like, I don't know, like a three-on-three or five-on-five type drill. I don't know. I mean, just quarterback, running back, receiver, some tacklers. I mean, we'll see. But to be honest with you, the Pro Bowl right now, I, I'd be sad if that goes away, to be honest with you. I know the game is hardly watchable these days, but it, it's just I find a little head-scratching that they'd actually be considering dropping that. I mean, this has been due for quite some time, to be honest with you. But at the same time, too, it almost seems like it, it doesn't make any sense to keep around, just like how they're doing right now. I mean, with the preseason, reducing it from four to three games. But, I mean, the person who the team who's got to play the Hall of Fame game still has got to play the three uh, games after that, like the Steelers did last year. So that's what we got right here for around the league. Now let's get into the juicy stuff right now. The new GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, we long wait, and here we are. Here we go. Omar Khan officially gets announced as the eighth Steelers GM in team history. Uh, Brooke Parker mentioned that the Steelers are also strongly considering Sheldon White for a front office title under new GM Omar Khan, a source holder. Exactly which title has been determined, but White has a history with the Steelers. His son, Cody, is wide receiver. And Kevin Colbert hired him as a scout in Detroit. Uh, Omar Khan uh, gave him the opportunity to be the GM for the Steelers. I am ready for this challenge and grateful to continue the success we have had on the field during my first 22 years. I look forward to completing our football operations staff and working tirelessly to build another championship football team for Steeler Nation. And as we uh, look at, too, I mean, he's going to be throwing some big shoes right now. Kevin Colbert, who is definitely all-time uh, winningest GM in the Steelers' uh, history. Right behind him is Art Rooney uh, Jr. He had 164 career, vic- career wins, followed by Francis uh, Fogarty, 
uh, who was in the early 50s, 1951 and 1968, 93. Tom Donahoe, who was uh, mainly there uh, for Bill Cowher's uh, tenure uh, when he was coaching the team. One season with Chuck Noll, which was his last season, uh, he had 89 career victories along with a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, Art Rooney Jr., too, he, he was also 4-0 in the Super Bowls in the Steel Curtain Dynasty, so he was a huge part. Uh, Dick Haley, too, uh, who came in from 1987 and 1990. Now, granted, he was there uh, earlier, too, Dick Haley, as a, I think as a scout or whatever, in a different capacity, but he was definitely with the team for 30 uh, seasons uh, right there. And was also an architect of the four Super Bowls they won in the 70s. But technically, when he was a GM, which began in 1987, he has 32 career victories, all but John Olihan uh, from 1945-1950, pretty much uh, during the Great Depression right there, uh, 31 career victories. Art Rudy, the, the chief, 23 career victories, followed by his son. Dan really was six. Uh, so Omar Khan right now, I mean, listen, I mean, you look at this guy's uh, resume. I mean, he's been hanging around for quite a long time, and I was definitely uh, shocked to see him uh, get the non-filey. But maybe not, maybe not so really. But, I mean, Omar Khan, I mean, he's definitely uh, been around there, I mean, for like the last, like, uh, 22 years. He's been there uh, back in 2001, I mean, when you look at everything. And uh, Omar Khan, too, I mean, who's been doing a great job with all these contract deals, too. I mean, he's been in football and in, I mean, pretty much his whole tenure with the Steelers and everything with football operations. The past uh, six years, uh, beginning in 2016, he, he was promoted from director of football administration to vice president of football and business administration. But, I mean, under his tenure, I mean, the Steelers as a whole, they had uh, 243 career victories, uh, 15 playoff appearances, uh, 16 and 13 record in the postseason, which also included a 2-1 record in the Super Bowl. I mean, so Omar Khan, I mean, my only question is right now, too, I mean, you got to imagine, too, I mean, he's been groomed for this for a long time. Uh, I mean, he had to be thinking, like, he had to be uh, training other Kevin Colbert. I think the biggest thing is, too, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily a knock on Omar Khan, you know, by other teams. If he were to leave, like, why they didn't see him as GM? I, I don't think that was the case at all. Maybe it was just, you know, Steelers uh, kept reassuring him. They got a special uh, spot for him. It was just a matter of uh, learning. And remember, Omar Khan, I think he's like 45 years old, too. So he's been around the block, I mean, for a long time. So, I mean, since, since his early 20s. But still, I mean, this guy is definitely been waiting uh, for his opportunity. And Art Rooney II on Omar Khan, uh, he said that Omar has been an integral part of our football operations department during their 21 years with the team. And that experience will serve him well in his new position. Uh, sure. And uh, they, they, now the story was going into this week, they're expected to have it finished. Uh, by Memorial Day weekend to have some sort of an announcement. But uh, glad to see it finally get wrapped up. And my whole anticipation going into this, I did predict that they were going to go internally. I thought it was going to be Brandon Hunt. 
uh, who was actually uh, there as of late. Uh, Brandon Hunt, who actually uh, came in, came out to the Steelers back in 2016 as the pro scouting coordinator. But most of his time, he he, he was uh, working as a scout with the Houston Texans beginning in 2007. But he did begin uh, back his first year, uh, 2005, as an intern. So he does have a Super Bowl under his belt, I mean, working with that team. I just, I just, I'm just more into the see like now, all those trainees got over the years working closely with Kevin Colbert. I mean, what to look for in a player? I, I would imagine, but still, I mean, you gotta figure this guy's gotta be a savant business wise. I mean, find a way to like save the team money, uh, create salary cap space. But I mean, remember, Kevin Colbert too. He did say he wants to stay out and serve like some sort of role. You know, like off to the side or do something similar to like what Bill Nunn did. I mean, there's still a very small chance of that happening. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this right now. What do you guys think? Do you think the Steelers made a mistake by uh, sticking internally and not reaching out? But I'll tell you what, though. I would not be surprised there's other people, aside from the Pittsburgh uh, media, who's looking at this probably like a mediocre move, to, say, to be the least. I mean... Because the thing is, too, I mean, you know, a lot of people would think, too, that if you're going to have a new GM, I mean, I think they did acknowledge, I mean, they're willing to be open to new ideas. I think the only thing that's just uh, hurt them as of late, like I said, the biggest thing that's been glooming, I mean, you, you're going on right now a six-year playoff drought. I mean, you're, you're looking to snap. And we'll, we'll find out, I mean, if they're able to do that or not. I mean that that that's that's been one of the things that has killed them. I mean they have been staying relevant. I mean for all this time here. But I mean as far as like you know like uh, being in it's win it, they've always checked those boxes. I just feel like the biggest concerns that get for me is like you know when you look at the off season. I mean this is also going to still remember be look at largely as far as Kevin Colbert's team since he's on the way out. I mean this is his handprints on him. I mean, Omar kind of still part of that process, too. I mean, I'm sure he was in the room with them as far as drafting or learning everything behind the scenes. But I tell you what, I mean, this year, I think right now, when we look at it, I would not be surprised if this is going to be a trial year for Omar Khan. I mean, whether it's good or bad right there. And, you know, we'll probably find out more so in the second season, like uh, how he does with his team going forward and uh, how his imprints are going to be seen on this. Also part of the skill, too, we also uh, heard from Sharia Williams, who writes for Pro Football Talk. Uh, she mentioned that Am Schefter on ESPN uh, reported at 9.59 p.m. Eastern that the Steelers, uh, this was uh, two days ago on Tuesday night, the Steelers will also be uh, hiring uh, Andy Weidel, uh, who is reported to be earlier leaving the Eagles to join Omar's assistant GM. Uh, now this came, this uh, article that was written uh, came about an hour after Brooke Pryor's tweet at 10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday evening uh, when they're expecting to name Omar Khan as the new uh, GM. And I, I gotta be honest with you right now, I, 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 I like the way they're keeping things in-house. 
I just hope right now, I mean, when it comes to terms like uh, being fresh ideas, is this going to be looked at as a team who's like still happy or comfortable with feeling status quo? But welcome to the build a culture. I got to think down the line right now, since you got this new GM, what do you do when they get back into the playoffs? I mean, like, how do you continue to equip this team down the road right now? I mean, so, I mean, for right now, I mean, Omar Khan is in a really nice camper seat, too. When you also think of the fact, too, they got four quarterbacks in the rotation, which sounds a little crazy right now. I'll expect that to get down to three by the time the regular season rolls around. Or maybe the plan is they'll have Chris Oladokun, like I said, on the practice squad. What kind of daring decisions does Omar Khan make over time? I mean, working in this new position. Again, you guys can follow me on social media. Definitely follow me on uh, Twitter, at Men of Steel CGR, and on Instagram, at Men of Steel uh, Nation, uh, for the most part right now. And let's also get into this right now. OTAs right now, too. Here we go. Uh, like I said, as a recapper, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but I'll recap once again. Uh, OTA offseason workouts began officially on Tuesday of this week. But they conclude... Uh, Today was the last day uh, for uh, this round. Uh, next week, May 31st for June 2nd, is going to be the last of the workouts. And then June 7th for June 9th will be mandatory mini camp right there. Uh, that's going to be happening uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, so far, we have still heard no sign of like, uh, on to it, though. Uh, Cam Hayward did mention that he was in. Uh, Touch with him. He did say he is confident that uh, he does uh, feel like he's going to be uh, getting himself ready, get ready to uh, come back uh, right now. I mean, he, who has been games, who's been staying ready. Uh, Tua is definitely an interesting uh, case right here, too. I mean, a guy who's just been in a whole nother world, as you could imagine, especially with the injury, but losing his brother first and foremost right now. At one point, it's saying for like, you know, the mandatory uh, minicamp that opens up on June 7th for June 9th, he's not there. You got to imagine that's got to be a huge uh, concern right there. That's mandatory minicamp right there. They make a decision by then where, you know what, is it, do we have to cut bait with him? I mean, do they trust he's going to show up at preseason? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Cam Hayward seems to feel like he's he'll he'll be ready to go, but that definitely has. Uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, Ray Filippo tweeted that Cam Hayward is confident that he'll play for the Steelers, and that he has been putting in the work. And uh, like I said, those are some uh, big ifs right there too, as uh, we look at. Also, too, uh, one of the guys, uh, too, uh, Jeff Halfhorn was uh, on the Cook and Joe show today. Uh, basically, as uh, we looked at it, and uh, he was definitely saying, like, uh, Kenji Green, uh, TJ Watt was saying, like, in OTAs, he definitely looked like he, uh, he uh, picked up in size a little bit. He looks a little bit different. Uh, Nigel Harris, too, looks like he's bulking up a little bit. I mean, it looks like he still might be. Uh, doing something to, like, uh, get himself ready. But 
Man, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, those are some, like, real uh, things right there, too. I mean, the shapes of those guys. Uh, of course, he's Claypool right now. How is he going to get ready to get himself uh, coming back for this season as we look at it? I, I think for right now, I mean, the Steelers at this point, when we uh, looked at everything, too, uh, with everything going around, and power rankings right now, uh, Peter King, he just released his uh, power rankings right now this week uh, for, you know, this round. I recovered everyone's uh, from the last uh, few weeks for everything going on. And the Steelers, they're around in the 20 range uh, for most uh, spots in the league. But uh, here's Peter King's uh, top 10 right now as we look at it. So he's got the Buffalo Bills number one right now, who's 12-7, uh, and seven, lost in the divisional round. Of course, the Chiefs, followed by the Chargers, uh, who just barely missed the playoffs. I mean, they pretty much screwed themselves out of that by not running off the clock and ending in a tie. But he's got the Chiefs third. So think about this. The Chargers ahead of the Chiefs. And uh, he's saying uh, one little advance for the Chargers. They got Jacksonville, Houston, Seattle, Atlanta in games three, four, seven, and eight. And he believes uh, that'll translate to being near the top of the best division in football by Thanksgiving. Uh, he thought it was very vital on offense to continue to build around Justin Herbert. Wide out Mike Williams, a gamer. Coach Brandon Saylor loves her playing to exhaustion. Got signed to a new deal before the receiver market exploded. They also drafted guard Zion Johnson. Uh, two cornerstones up front with 2021 top pick tackle Rashawn Slayer to grow old with. So Herbert, I mean, he's not only getting better protection, he's got his uh, top wide receiver right there. But then he's got the Rams Super Bowl champions at fourth uh, right now. He's got Green Bay uh, fifth, the Bears six, Bengals seven, the Ravens eight, the Eagles nine, and the 49ers at 10. So nine playoff uh, teams in the top 10 right there, with the exception of the Chargers right there, who comes in at number two. As far as the AFC North goes, the Bengals are seventh, like as you just heard on that list, followed by the Ravens at eighth. The Browns are at 18th, surprisingly. And then he's got the Pittsburgh Steelers at 23rd. Here's what he had to say as far as on the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the coach was anyone but Mike Tomlin, I think it's the 2022 Steelers in the 5-12 and 12 range. They still might be in that neighborhood because for the first time since training camp of 04, there's no Ben Rosberger, and, and there are some significant questions about whether Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett can be a good NFL passer. The offense should run through Najee Harris. He His 307 carries as a rookie in 2021 could easily graduate to 330 in 2022. For the Steelers to be close to good, the defense will have to be better than 24th league in yards allowed. The talent is so good for that, a new core in there, Terrell also will be under pressure to make sure it's a better unit. I mean, that's saying a lot right there. I mean, I mean, without Mike Tom, and he's – thinks they could be be like a five and team and probably very well close to that mark even with everything that's if the defense does not take a step back this season I mean that is a definitely a real uh point right there too and when you look at the Steelers I mean going into this year I mean too I mean yeah they're 24th in the league 
as far as total defense. But then another thing that was uh, concerning right there was very alarming. Once again, I mean, the, I mean, for the first time since 2018, the takeaway department on uh, defense, they've only created 13 interceptions, which was two notches below the foul playoff spot. There were there's 16. 13 interceptions and nine fumble recoveries for 22 uh, takeaways was put them at that same breaking in there. I mean, so, I mean, we already know they could get after the quarterback. Maybe the sacks may slow out a little bit. Probably still in the 50 range. Maybe not near, probably not be the one, number one seed this year. But, I mean, a lot of it, too. You also got to put into the factor, too, like right now <coughs> – I mean, let's let's speak about this too. The sacks <coughs> that they have right there. Remember, twenty-two and a half of those sacks by T.J. Watt right there was out of the fifty-five sacks. So I mean, you got to figure right now. I mean, T.J. Watt. I mean, you got to believe he's trying to focus, stay a little bit more healthy because if you take those away right there. I mean, you only got 22 and a half, I mean, 32 and a half uh, sacks that the Steelers did without him right there. So he's got to stay healthy. I would I would anticipate right there, too. I mean, the groin injury he's been battling out, I mean, for this season. Uh, you got to get back to uh, forcing takeaways. And more importantly, too, that was a significant part, I mean, for the Steelers. I mean, that really hurt their uh, chances last year, but thankfully they were able to get in the playoffs. Their run defense, run defense was dead last. They gave up the most yards on the ground, 2,483 yards right there. Now, you got to swing back in once again, Devin Bush right there. Is he going to finally be able to come around and get back, I mean, to uh, make some tackles? Remember, they did not pick up the 50-year option on there. There's a big question right there. Miles Jack. I mean, he is he going to be the guy that helps, like, you know, like covers like a struggling Bush or yellow Tyson Alalu? We're not sure how he's going to be coming off his knee injury this season, right there. I mean, you got some question marks right there. So it's not just to run defense, it's not just forcing takeaways, but also staying healthy, more particularly with a guy like TJ Watt. So I tell you what, if you take TJ Watt out of those games, they're not making the playoffs last year. Let's be clear about that. We all know that. That is a give me uh, right there. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, health-wise, and when you look at your Kings uh, ratings right there, too, and I'm surprised the Browns are as low as they are. I mean, 18th. Now, I mean, Grant, I mean, front office and the theatrics that go around, the drama around them, that's another story. I mean, especially we got the Sean Watson. But I still think they got to be a little bit better right now. I mean, you still got Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb. I mean, without Jarvis Lange right there. I mean, you still got some good studs right there. I mean, it's just only matter right now. Can they compete with teams like the Bengals once again? That we'll find out right there. But, I mean, like the Bengals right there, I mean, they kind of dropped down quite a bit. I mean, they're not nearly in the top. Uh, five, but they're like seventh right there. Ravens are eighth. I think the Ravens got significantly better, if you ask me. The only question is right now, I mean, you took away Lamar Jackson's top receiver and uh, Marquise Brown, 
I mean, he, he so he's without a weapon. You got pretty much got Mark Andrews doing most of the lifting once again this year. Can he stay healthy? You know, he's been very generous with the Baltimore Ravens right there. I'm going to spot them. So I want to hear what you guys uh, think on that. Uh, do you guys like the spot right there? Uh, do you think they should have been a little bit higher? Maybe like in the 15 to 20 range. I would probably say, you know what, for the Steelers right now going into the season, I'd probably put them at 18th, to be honest with you. I really do believe the defense is going to be better. Just like how Mike Munchuk was with the offensive line, I believe the fact it was in 2013, I got to believe that they'll be better in the run defense. Uh, since he's going to be a little linebacker's coach, I mean, for uh, this year, I mean, when you look at it, he's going to be the secret uh, sauce for this team. Actually, 2014 is when Mike Chad come in. He was only there for five seasons. So with Brian Flores right there, yeah, I, I think the defense will be just fine. It's just going to be a matter right now. We'll wait and see how much did they uh, miss an op- a golden opportunity to get a top-notch uh, level offensive tackle or guard in the draft which I feel like they want. Rasheed Walker was waiting in the seventh round. It's drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Those are going to be some uh, interesting things right there, how the offense does. Will these probably be the proper piece that Canada could work with? We'll find out. And that's going to do it for this edition here of the Mastio Podcast. I want to say thank you for all those of you for joining me. Again, you guys can follow me on social media, on Twitter for the Mastio Podcast, at CGR, and on Instagram at Nation. As always leave you. Don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Oh, before I get out of here, I should have said this in the beginning. Uh, prayers for all the people and the, all the children's families and any shooting victims within the last two weeks in Buffalo, New York, and now in Texas for the last two days. Uh, I just wanted to say this real quickly with all like the people protesting, uh, trying to see if our politicians get the gun laws enforced, but at the end of the day, listen, whoever you're close to, take a moment to say, I love you. Okay? Do me that favor. I just, you know what? Tomorrow's not promised, but I just want to just say uh, my uh, deepest love, prayers, condolences, and sympathies to all the families and friends and victims who got murdered and severely uh, wounded. And please, let's have a safe Memorial Day weekend. Uh, but while we remember everyone, uh, keep everyone in your hearts and please continue to look out for one another. But like I said, as always, leaving, don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on.